0: Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed, on purpose, because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. You have a lot to say, uh, and I think uh, we're gonna help a lot of people today because what we're gonna talk about is something that has helped me tremendously in my relationship. Um attachment styles. So not just attachment styles, but we have an angle today, correct?
1: That's right. Nested model of attachment styles. So not just what do you mean by that? Yeah, it's a term from Jessica Fern who wrote the book Polysecure. Have you read that book?
0: No, 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 no. It's a really good Um, one
1: for monogamous folks too. Um But she talked about it. Wait, so wait,
0: what is Polysecure about? I mean obviously um uh Polly. uh being secure in a poly relationship i'm assuming right
1: yeah yeah so it's about yeah it's about consensual non-monogamy so it doesn't have to just be polyamory um Mm -hmm. but it is about any kind of relationship style that's not monogamous or you can be monogamous and how to be secure in that um and just navigating it um, from all these different ways, not just the one relationship, which is how typically right. people can attach themselves, but also globally and through society and
2: communities and culture and families.
0: And this, uh, I mean, I don't even think this was a thing like 15 years ago. Or I mean, I guess it was, but it wasn't. Uh, I mean, there weren't books about it. Uh, it's not something that, yeah. uh, you know, um, is mainstream. I think it is now coming into the mainstream, non monogamy, yeah. being kind of on trial and people um designing just what works for them, customizing relationships.
1: Yeah, totally. Like different relationship designs. Yeah. Um
0: yeah. you you are soft spoken. I am Korean. I'm very loud. Uh I grew up in a house where uh my parents would be screaming at each other and they're just saying things like past to the, pass the, catch up. I'm saying this because um, you totally. need to speak up and I need to, to shut up. I need to lower my voice. You need to raise your voice.
1: <laughs> okay. Yes. It's so, it's so funny. I can't be soft spoken, but I too was raised in a household of yelling. So if we get into a fight, we can yell over each other.
0: <laughs> oh, maybe because, okay. So you know, what's interesting is maybe, maybe you, uh, because you came from a house of yelling, you decided, okay, I'm not going to do that. So I'm going to change the pattern and speak in a normal, yeah. calm voice. And maybe I'm, you know, I just just passed down to me. Anyway, you know, I'm trying. So <laughs> you're yeah. trying to speak loud.
1: No, I'm trying. I've been. That's thanks for seeing that work of me trying to chill out because I can definitely talk over people.
0: I don't experience you that way at all. I I kind of experience you as um, I don't want to say quiet. I mean, because that sounds like you don't have a voice, but uh, you're 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 soft spoken. That's kind of the mm-hmm. word. I. I think you're self spoken. Um, I think you're careful with words. I think you think before you speak. Uh, just the complete opposite of me, but, um, attachment, always, styles, but thanks, John. <laughs> attachment styles, attachment um, styles across the board. So let's give yeah. let's give uh, listen the listener um, just a quick broad view oh, yeah. of attachment styles, just one o- 101 one on one, and why they're so important. Yeah.
1: Well, there's four different styles, but we can have a mixture of them. Mm -hmm. And if we're securely attached, then we feel pretty clear within ourselves. We feel pretty secure in relationships and also being alone. And there's three different insecure attachment styles. So there's anxious, which is also called preoccupied. There's Mm -hmm. avoidant, which is also called dismissive. And then Mm -hmm. there's disorganized, which is also called fearful avoidant. And... We want to lean more towards like the Goldilocks of secure attachment because we want to be able to have healthy relationships. They're helpful for our state of mind, they're helpful for every single area of our life. I really love Esther Pearl's quote on um, the quality of our relationships dictates to- the quality of our lives. Mm, and when I sure. think about that, for sure, right? And when I yeah. think about that, I think of attachment styles and our attachment styles themselves, I feel like can be barriers but helpful barriers when we understand them to having healthy intimacy
0: yes and where uh where do uh, our attachment um how are how attachment styles develop and form from from where
1: from our primary caretakers so they could be our mm-hmm. parents or they could be other i thought that was a beer that you were drinking for a
3: second <laughs> uh,
0: <Sorry>. yesterday <laughs> i did a live and i had a, a little bourbon um so yeah now now i'm drinking on my um my podcast uh it is uh Trump soda history. water <laughs> oh history. let's bring that back let's Trump get therapy oh holy holy sh- That would, that's awesome i'm down i'm down next time we do this bring beers uh-huh. okay go on okay
1: um, okay so it could be yeah it could be your parents primary caretakers so you're any kind of adult in your life but the cool thing about looking at it through a nested model of attachment theory Meaning like, you know, those Russian dolls where the small doll fits inside the medium, that's inside the larger one, fits inside Mm. the really big one, Mm -hmm. the toy. It's like that. So it doesn't have to just be our parents. It could be our aunts, our uncles, our teachers, our siblings, um, our friends, the animals, our relationship to nature, to religion, uh, to our bodies. And so that all all can impact how secure and insecure we feel.
0: Um can we be secure in one relationship and then um, be avoidant or anxious in a different relationship? A
1: hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So that's one thing I yeah. think people don't understand is, you know, because I tend to swing anxious, but it doesn't mean I'm like that uh, in other. So, for example, with my friend in friendships with men, yeah. I am um, I am more secure or avoidant. And uh, a lot of my life, uh, men have been kind of chasing me, <laughs> not not like chasing. It okay. sounds arrogant, but um, <laughs> um, um, w- more grabby, wanting to to be you know uh, spend more time with me. I've always been kind of um, the guy that pushes pushes um, friends away a little bit. Uh, and then romantic relationship, I'm the guy that holds on to her leg. You know, I'm more uh, I'm I'm more anxious
2: as far as attachment.
1: What about in other relationships, like friendships with women or groups of people?
2: Um,
0: I don't know, you know, I I think with women, I don't, um, I think I'm, I'm just, I'm pretty secure. I I don't feel, uh, I I think with men, um, because I've grown up doing a lot of, uh, activities with men. So whether it's breakdancing, skateboarding, you know, like just very communal, lots of, you know, um when i have good friends uh i f- i feel kind of um um uh, possession i feel kind of grabbed i feel you know like let's go do this come do like lots of lots of um pull- getting pulled in one way or, or another or also wanting a lot of emotional um connection from me and this is way before i became a therapist and uh uh so that that's my with men and then with with romantic women um i i feel um uh sometimes needy i I need to feel loved validated i need compliments i need constant you know sex connection and all that um but with female friends i feel like i feel very neutral you know and maybe it's because i don't uh hang out with female friends daily it's more of a once in a while thing so
1: yeah there's not as much contact to maybe um like inflict that attachment wound in a way
0: yeah now now you've had experience with um, monogamy and non-monogamy, correct? Yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, And so <laughs> obviously it's much harder to be securely attached in non-monogamy?
2: I mean, for me it yeah is. For me it is. I mean I, I would
0: um, ass- I would assume for the majority.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would assume that too. But every different strokes for different folks. I've actually heard um, somebody say that they find it easier because you have more Mm. people to be in contact to get your needs met.
0: Oh, right. So, so um, with Polly, you're right because uh, with okay, I can see that because with Polly, you can love multiple people, correct?
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: It's the open relationship where you have a primary but you can be um, physical, sexual, intimate with other people. So yeah, I mean, I didn't think about that with, with Polly because you can love, it's almost like, uh, and also every relationship's different. So you could almost pull back like an equalizer and, and turn the bass down, turn up the treble. You could kind of equalize yourself. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> that's it's yeah. like, Is that really lame? But uh, no. y- you can, because you, can, you, you have all these different, you're not putting all the chips into one basket. You're not putting I all mean, the weight on one
3: relationship.
1: That's the ideal of it. But I still think it's possible to do that. You know, like we're, to, do what? It, to to put all your chips in one basket. Like if the other ones are feeling secure, you can still feel anxious in one relationship. You know what I mean?
3: Mm,
0: right. I even feel what was what, was what was the hardest for you when you were so what what were you or what are you now or do you not want to say?
1: No, I'm done to say. Um, also side note, I feel offended that you think I don't want to be put in the deep end. <laughs> but
3: I guess that's from the beginning. Yes.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh, you're still Do holding not. on to that?
1: <laughs> well that's what just got like pushed when you said that for some reason.
0: Interesting. We're thirteen but... minutes into the conversation and you're oh. holding on to because because what? Because I if I say to it. Wait, hold on. So so Tani, okay. if I say that if I say that you're not someone who likes to deepen, I think you're taking that as um, it means you don't like to go deep or that's that, right. you know, you, you're, you're not courageous or you're not able to swim.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: that's that's
1: what's underlying that state of mind for me. That feels very true. Yeah. That's what happened in the beginning. And then when you just asked me this question right now,
3: mm, when you're like, that if
1: you don't want to say, you, I think you're trying to respect oh, my boundaries, which I really appreciate. But then I was like,
0: hey, right.
3: man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yes. Really yes. Deep.
0: So me implying, which is not fair to you, me implying that, oh, you don't want to um, share your story mm-hmm. activated what I said in the beginning, which was, um, I'm going to throw you in the, in the deep end and you're not going to, you're like that. You don't like that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. A lot happening underneath. This is called subtext. Yeah. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. but so, we're also, so I want to like, pause. This is attachment
1: theory in action, though. How so? Because I was feeling anxious when you said that. I didn't speak to it. I just spoke about it in a not very, you know, I spoke about it in a playful way, but you heard me. And mm-hmm. now we're having repair from it, from a rupture instead of me just shoving it down.
0: And you, we haven't repaired it yet. We're we're going to, hopefully. Um right. and I'm feeling anxiety now because you're calling me out on something. Which 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 I I appreciate and I need to be called out for um because I can be abrupt. I can be uh what's the word? I, I don't I think reckless is 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 kind of a strong word, but I could uh, definitely push boundaries, uh, you know, being inappropriate or without without be, me being aware of it, right? And so um Yeah. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry that, uh, because that's not what I meant. I didn't mean, I didn't mean that you couldn't go deep. If I didn't think you could go deep, you wouldn't be on the podcast. So, um, I do believe you can go deep. Um,
2: I was being playful and teasing you. Oh, wow. I didn't realize
1: that at all.
0: I also, I I think I also, um, in everything I do, this is the whole shot glass thing. I try to go I also work out like this. I try to go to the white space as fast as I can. So the 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 white zone the 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 uncomfortable the stretch um so like for example in working out I try to get to not being able to breathe as fast as I can and then try to stay there as long as I can. And so I think um in in conversations instead of you know how are you doing what's going-? I I just try to like throw people in real fast. Yeah. It's yeah. tend to be my style.
3: Mm-hmm. I, but appreciate
0: I, that I didn't style. need to announce that you didn't like that. Like I, I didn't, I didn't need to announce that, that you, you couldn't handle it or something like that, which I might've implied.
1: Yeah. 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 No, I really appreciate that style actually. Um, and I also appreciate appreciate you apologizing and owning up to it because I have all these experiences of like my dad and my brothers and my cousins kind of teasing me and so Mm -hmm. with that in the beginning it was like immediately me on the defense of like this prickly experience of like I'm tough too you know what I mean but I also just want to say that I appreciate the way that you do that though John because I mean not that like not the box thing like putting (laughs) me in a box but not asking like not going to how are you because before we talked today you said I don't know if we're going to If we're going to talk about it, but you said, like, what are three questions you don't want to answer? And one of them is, how are you? Because it feels like such a bullshit question.
0: Oh, I love that. Well, the the twist on that, by the way, was you were going to ask me your three questions and I was going to ask you mine. Yeah. I wasn't. Yeah. And that's why I said, (laughs) think of three questions that you wouldn't answer. And of course, I, most people, when I ask them to do that, they're like, Okay, well, I'm not going to want to answer these, so I'm going to think of <laughs> these other questions. But they're, they're, those are for me, and then my questions are for you.
2: I think my questions are going to be cool for you. I would have loved that context.
0: I, didn't, I, I usually um, don't give enough instructions in anything I do. Uh, and like and to also, throw
2: people into the
1: white zone.
0: Yes. Yes, uh, th- and this is why I like to drive the bus while I'm building it. Yeah. Uh, sometimes it can be a gift, and sometimes it can be a curse. Hey, I wanted to share with you something I'm super excited about. If you go to theangrytherapist.com forward slash premium, you not only get commercial-free episodes, but also something I'm introducing called Series, Rotating Wellness Topics. But not only lessons, but what do we do with this information? How do we thread this into our life so we could change our life? Go to theangrytherapist.com forward
2: slash premium. Yeah. Uh, but, but,
0: you me. know, it's interesting is, is kind of like what just happened is actually what happens uh, in life and also what happens in therapy rooms, right? Uh, someone yeah. says something. Uh, uh, you realize later it kind of activated something in you and um, you're at a place in your life where you're able to speak about it and and, and stick up for yourself and hey this is how something made me feel and then we look at it and then we kind of dissect what happened where things came from and then what comes out of that is a better understanding of self and and hopefully um the the, it's not only the repair makes the relationship better close we we, people become closer more real um mm-hmm. instead of um but if but if you said that and i said what the fuck are you talking about that's your um i didn't do anything wrong if i'm if i'm very being Difference. defensive yeah. then people disconnect and then of course um there there's mo- <laughs> there isn't repair there's more rupture because
1: mm-hmm. then it's like we both have our our swords out nobody's yes. them to just kind of be unarmored and yes. i think that's like an amazing thing for both anxious avoidant and or disorganized to learn how to do over time is being able to speak to what the disconnect is as close to when it happened as possible
0: oh right so like you know it, yeah so if after the podcast you text me and you're like hey in the podcast last week we did you know this happened and, and i'd be like what what happened so actually in the moment closest to the moment Or
1: then, like just any time, because otherwise we have like filing cabinets of shit we never talked about. And then we have resentment in our friendship. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. Pebbles in your shoe. Yeah. Walking funny. (laughs) Okay. So attachment styles. So that was the the quick um, shot glass of attachment styles. Now, what's really important in attachment styles um, is something that really has been a game changer for me. Um, especially in this relationship, I tend to swing anxious. Uh, Vanessa tends to swing more toward avoidance. Um, Of course, you know there's a spectrum, and we we worked a lot on that. But being aware of when I feel anxious, and then um, self regulating, like self soothing, reparenting, you know that that stuff is where you can now um, swim more towards secure.
3: Hmm.
1: Yeah. That's such a big work. Like, the, I'm curious to know what you do. I know you're really into ice baths right now. I don't know if that's a part of it, but for self regulation and emotional regulation,
2: people to feel that experience. Right.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of it is talking yourself off the ledge, <laughs> letting your nervous system know that uh, um, just because someone doesn't text you back or um, you know, uh, if someone's a, like if you're if you have an anxious attachment style, um, just because someone isn't validating you or reassuring you every second, it doesn't mean the relationship is in, in, in trouble. It actually um, means it needs it, the relationship is breathing, you know. Yeah. And, 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 mm-hmm, and, and you have that. to take mm-hmm.
2: care. You have to take care of yourself, uh, not um, want something from the other person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you mad? Am I mad? Do I look mad? Yeah. Are you mad? Are you mad about what happened?
0: Okay. I feel like you got really quiet.
1: I was just thinking about it. I was just thinking about that experience. I like that you said breathing in a relationship. Um, I'm not mad, but that's a very preoccupied attachment. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Do you remember what happened on my birthday you got you got you uh, on my birthday tony came to my birthday she she flew and drove two hours you know uh came a long distance and then you got car sick or something yeah and I felt so bad because you came in you said hi we talked for a few minutes because there were a lot of people there and then I looked around you were gone and then people were saying you got sick and I was like oh I felt so bad that you came that far and then you, and then you went right back home
1: children the Airbnb. I was sad too. I tried to be there for as long as I could.
0: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. But sorry you got a migraine. You know what my work is in this episode is, um, here's what I noticed. My energy is crazy. Always, right? It's just a mad scientist, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm talking over you and all that. Your energy is more calm, grounded. You're comfortable with silences, right? um and so there is a difference there is a clash mm. and I I think I have to adjust I mean this is great exercise for me because um, you're not the only one in the world like this um and also maybe also for you it's a great exercise for you I have to adjust so I'm not steamrolling or dominating or feeling or filling up awkward silences or with ra- just rambling and stuff but um you know, this is a dance and I I don't want to step on shoes. So uh, kind of adjusting myself to um, the energy. So it is
3: shared.
1: Yeah, I really appreciate you saying that because I didn't know what was happening for you. And I think it's important for me to know that, you know, because for me, I do feel comfortable in the silence. I feel like stuff gets to settle. And it doesn't feel awkward. And so now I want to help you to feel secure in that too. I don't know if that's possible. We don't have that's to do that. But-
3: <laughs>
0: that's why you're a good therapist. I am not. <laughs> you're a great therapist. Um, no, no, no. Like, like so, so to actually be comfortable with silences okay. and taking a beat and not having to always say something is um, for me hard to do. So, um, I think that is a talent or a gift that all therapists should
2: have. It's primer. It's foundational. And so um, that's challenging for me sometimes. I wonder why.
0: Well, A, I'm high strong. And then B, I think some of it comes from insecurity or having to feel like I have to t- tap dance. Yeah. Having to, you know, um, pr- give value. And mm-hmm. instead of, um, and so what happens is I, I end up, instead of giving, I end up taking because I'm wanting validation and approval as opposed to just holding space and, and just being, being there w- without having to perform.
2: Mm-hmm. Like your, your presence is healed. Without yes. Performance. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if it is, but that's, that's what I would like, yeah.
0: Yeah. And then bringing you back to relationships, you know, I, I noticed <clears throat> Vanessa would say um, things like, hey, you felt very grounded or you're more grounded today than, than before. And I think this is kind of what she's talking about is um, I, I feel that you're not um, erratic or, or just all over the place or this kind of um, you're not activating my nervous system. You're just you're here and you're grounded, and it makes me feel safe.
2: Mm, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad. And also, <laughs> that's not always the
1: experience that people have of me, you know? Like, we're talking about how attachment styles are different with different people. I've definitely received different information from people. Mm. That I'm, like, a crazy mad scientist. You
0: know? I, so I think that's great. I would love to. Um, um, and, yeah, of course. I mean, we're, we're you know, we both we have, we have we're have we well-rounded in that way. Um
2: yeah, you are grounded
0: yeah.
1: and you're crazy. I'm grounded and I'm crazy. We're all grounded and we're crazy. That's <laughs> you know, pretty beautiful, actually. Like We just have to find the different crazies that match.
2: That's my theory yes. online.
0: Yes. <laughs> so going back to um, attachment styles, um, yes. I forgot what we were talking about. Where you were at.
2: I can't remember either. Um,
1: but we could talk about the different pillars of secure attachment, what we need to feel secure, because what came up when you were saying anxiousness in the moment, I had this memory of being young and like talking with my aunts who like these particular set of aunts, they're really wonderful and I love them so much, but they're very introverted. And so I would be telling them stories and stuff and then they would just not respond. Mm. And I wonder if that's a similar response to being in a room where there's silence, because I felt literally in my body like
3: dropped.
1: And I remember it to this day, because sometimes I still experience it with people is like that feeling of I'm putting myself out there, almost like tap dancing or whatever, but like, here's my right. heart. And then there's this drop of like, did anybody hear it?
3: Mm. Are you there mm-hmm. with me? hmm.
1: And that, when you feel that or not you, when I feel that way, it feels like a lack of attunement, like a lack of feeling seen, a lack of feeling acknowledged and heard, and we need that for secure attachment.
0: So I can relate to that. how much of okay, so when that happens, how much of that is our own work to um not internalize the drop? So for example, uh, if i'm if I'm talking to Vanessa, she hears me, but she doesn't respond in the way that I would like her to, or there's that drop, how much of it is her piece? How much of it is
2: mine to own? That's hard to answer. I mean, you know what I just thought
1: of is how the Gottmans talk about the, about the bids for connection. Mm -hmm. You know, like how we'll be like, look at that bird, or I had a sandwich today. And if your partner Mm -hmm. or whoever doesn't respond, then that's the drop, right? And then there's a bunch of those collected then there's disconnection in the relationship. So I would think that it's 50-50 of just being like, hey, I just said that thing. Did you hear me? Or is there something going on for you? Because she probably uh, has bids for connection too, you know?
3: Yeah.
0: And and, and, and then, you know, um, the way that we connect is a little bit different. Um, also, I think she's realizing she has uh, ADHD, which mm-hmm. is another factor. And, yeah. uh, and, and how that shows up in women is different than how that shows up with men. Yeah. Um, and that's a huge topic, I think, today, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of women, uh, especially mothers, realizing that uh, they have, I have a lot of uh, friends around me, female, who are yeah. kind of now wondering, shit, do I have ADHD? And if I do, I could now connect dots and things make more sense.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So the drops maybe weren't personal, you know? And that's, I think with uh, yeah. someone who has an anxious attachment style, it's taking things personally that um starts to create lots of anxiety and 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 panic and disconnect and do you love me or do you care all that stuff
1: yeah yes taking it personally totally i was on a trip recently with two of my closest friends and we kind of all got into this like weird moment Mm -hmm. and i just started like chopping vegetables and trying to regulate my nervous system because i used to get really angry not that i never get angry now But Mm -hmm. like, I used to just be like, just like kind of fight back when I was mad, like, well, you did this thing. And I was like, nope, I'm not going to do that. And so she came up to me and she said, are you mad at me right now? And the energy just felt like, I felt like somebody was like pulling at me and I was trying Mm -hmm. to regulate my own nervous system. And that's what like, you know, she experiences more preoccupation. I was like, I am not mad at you right now. This isn't about you, but I have to like regulate my nervous system. And she said it was shocking for her to hear that. Like it felt mm. like she needed reassurance in that moment. But it was also helpful for both of us to like be in our separate worlds and, and regulate our nervous systems. Because ultimately I would have been kind of mean to her if I was trying to regulate her over me, you know? Right. And I think that might, that could look
2: like anxious avoidant dance.
0: Yeah, the nervous system is kind of a great thing to focus on when it comes to attachment styles. Because uh, whether you're anxious, avoidant, whatever you are, um, your nervous system and the activation of that is what's creating, mm-hmm. right, uh, anxiety yeah. and, and 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 these uh, feelings of panic. And so, um, being aware of your nervous system, what's happening, and then having the ability or tools to uh, self-regulate—that yeah.
1: mm-hmm. totally. I yeah. think yeah. is no huge. No where you're at, it's so huge. It's so yeah. huge because. When you're avoidant, you're actually anxious. You're really anxious on the inside. Mm, right, That's what's
3: happening. Right, right.
1: You've just learned, like, this person isn't going to help me regularly. It's going to become scary. Not this person, but your memories of that attachment. So your parents or whatever <clears throat> were scary. And so you're like, I have to do everything on my own. And I think that can be really helpful to remember if somebody's anxious in your relationship with an avoidant is they're freaking out on the inside right now.
0: That's why they're running.
2: That's why they're running. Yeah, just to remember that. Mm-hmm.
0: So, how do you help them if they're freaking out? So, uh, would it be to help? I mean, I guess it would. Going back to the nervous system, it would be helping them calm, calm their nervous system.
1: When your nervous system is is calm, like first going, you know. Oh, on so the oxygen whole oxygen mask.
0: mask thing, like work on yeah. you first.
1: Yeah, yeah, and then what I do when I am with people that are more avoidant is i'll just be like okay i'm here when you're ready to talk but i you know and maybe i need to talk by the end of the week yeah by the end of the day like i can't be i just don't want this to become something that we never talk about you know but i so can in, help you co-regulate too
0: in my previous relationships uh you know 20s young love uh even 30s if we got into an argument i'm like i would because i'm anxiously attached i would want to talk about it i don't care if it's midnight until we resolved it. And for yeah. an avoidant, they, they, that doesn't, that's activating, you know? And so the avoidant would rather take space. Let's talk about it tomorrow morning. I would yeah. take that as, oh, you don't love me. You don't care about the relationship. Yeah. This isn't important to you. Mm-hmm. If it was important to you, you talk about it right now, I don't care if it's two in the morning, let's resolve this. Right. And mm-hmm. then I realized, you know, as I grew up that uh, that's not fair. We're, we're, we're wired differently. And just because if I want to talk about it now, the urgency of that is me calming my nervous system. It's not thinking about the other person and and how they're wired.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's a both and, you know, like you calming your nervous system and then thinking about their nervous system. Because sometimes I think what happens is there's a pendulum swing mm-hmm. from anxiousness to avoidance. Does that make sense? Like no, explain. Like okay, I'm like I'm not going to be anxious, so I'm just gonna. Pretend that this isn't existing, this challenge, this conflict. Mm. So, you some people like I've most certainly done that anxious on the inside, but will present avoidantly because I don't want to be the one because I have been wanting to talk until 3 a.m. in the morning. But that's just getting shoved down, and you're then pretending that you're not anxious. I'm not saying that's what you're doing, but I definitely see that happen.
2: So,
0: what, um, what, what I didn't even know what to call it. What, what are you as far as a relationship? um preference what, what would they call it what do
2: you mean relationship design <laughs> like, are
0: you talking like about? monogamy are non-monogamy oh,
1: oh yes yeah yes I, uh, yeah you know, I, I always tell
0: people who, who are listening to i tell people who are yeah. listening to my podcast that assembly yeah. is required you know so nice. uh love
2: that. yeah
0: yeah so they they'll, um, they'll patch it all together and also and there's no I? editing so sorry what i
1: also love that no editing um, I don't like to be put in boxes. I'm really obnoxious when people, if I'm feeling mm. in that day and somebody I like that. asks me like, what's your pronoun or whatever, or what relationship design, I'll just, I'm feeling really annoying. We'll be like, I'm a verb man. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to be put into a box.
0: So, um. so, um, I'm, I'm curious about this because it's topical and also I personally am curious about this. Um, what has been challenging as far as, uh, because you've been in monogamous relationships, you've been in different types of relationships. I'm assuming open or poly. W- yeah. what 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 has been challenging for you? What has not As far as attachments and, you know,
1: I mean, I think that for me, what's challenging about open and uh, polyamorous relationships is my own relationship with myself. So if that's you mean
0: insecurity, that- jealousy kind of thing, or what do you mean by your own relationship with yourself? You no,
1: know, like, uh, well, sure, yeah, insecurity and jealousy, yeah. but also if I'm feeling safe in the relationship, like mm. I am very connection driven. I have, I feel like I'm very emotionally polyamorous. Like my my life yeah. partners are also my friends, and, and you know, it's like I just structure my life in a different way. And so, because connection matters so deeply to me, if I'm feeling disconnected in a sexual romantic relationship, like with somebody that i have not just spending my life with, I don't feel comfortable with them going. To be with somebody else that feels right.
0: Like this is a really good point because I think what people are doing is their their relationship isn't well or it's not doing good or there's disconnection, and so they're saying, Okay, well, let's just open, and they're thinking that's going to solve it and it's mm-hmm. going to create a, a bigger crowbar. So I think for um, open and poly, and, and even for those, those, if for those relationships to even have a chance, your primary relationship or the relationship that you're in has to be strong and solid and you have to feel safe in that to Mm -hmm. to pursue you know so it's and and i think that that's why a lot of them don't work is because they're they're opening their relationship as a way to quick fix a quick fix right Mm -hmm. instead of fixing the relationship first and then building a strong foundation. And now let's explore because I feel safe.
1: Totally. Yeah. And I mean, there's so much to say there because there's also like so many different ways you can be poly. And maybe some people would be listening to this and they'd be like, no, like I don't need to have a primary partnership. That's also a thing, John, where people are just mm-hmm. um, relationship anarchists. So they have no primary relationship. But I personally know for my body, my nervous system, my trauma, whatever, I can't do that shit. Like, I yeah. want to pair bond. I want to have close relationships. That feels lonely and weirdly capitalistic to me. I'm just going to sound judgmental for a moment to be that hyper independent.
3: Mm.
0: I think I could love, um, you know, Vanessa and I have had conversations about this. Uh, I I think I could love more than one person. I mean, I think we all have the capacity mm-hmm. to love as many people as we want. Um, just but just mm-hmm. like in modern time and schedules and stuff, um, I think I have the bandwidth to love uh, two, maybe tops three people. But I mean, who's got the time? I mean, because you're not yeah. just you're not just hanging out with them, but you're connecting with them and you're talking to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're on your mind, and yeah. so the. um, when you look at when you look at your heart, like a Google Drive and it's got like, you know the, the, how much storage how much sport storage yeah. left, um I think I could love two to three people most with my life. i three, I think three is a lot, maybe two. um And so, yeah, and I, I think with Vanessa, she's like, "I don't have the fucking time. like I, it's that sounds exhaust <laughs> to love more than one person sounds exhausting, you know like to
1: be in love, you're saying, because I imagine you love
0: just. Women. Because relationships require effort and investment and time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. They do. And I think it takes a particular set of skills for sure, and also the emotional capacity. And I feel like being a therapist, I don't know if you
2: feel like this, but we like it's already so much psyche holding. Yeah. They are deep relationships. Yeah. Too. Yeah. And on top of that, you know, um,
0: I mean, I think I think today as a fifty-year-old, uh, I don't think I would be jealous or anything. I mean, maybe a little bit, but I, I don't think that what would be. What does age
1: have to do with it?
2: Jealousy, because
0: as you get older, you, you just. Um, I think generally, as you get older, you become less possessive. I, I mean, not everyone, of course, there are there are, but I, I think at least with for me, twenties uh, very possessive, thirties a lot less. If, you know, for in the now fifties, I'm like, I just want you to be happy. It, I want you to have a great experience on this planet. You know, like, 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 like that would be my way of. It would be the only shot. Like, if I didn't look at it through a spiritual lens, then yes, there would be possession jealousy. But if I look at it through the lens of, oh, we're on this planet for, you know, uh, like, you know, maybe thirty more summers for me, <laughs> and so, um, maybe more. I. I I, maybe more it depends i i want you to whatever whatever makes you happy whatever you want whatever experiences whether they are you know uh intimacy sex travel food whatever experiences you you want i would love to support and and help and champion you with that so if i look at it through that lens i could i could be non-attached and i could you know but that's that's theory now you know, yes. if she was like, okay, I'm getting dressed up and right. going to go go yeah. out with this guy. To, like if mm-hmm. it actually happened, I don't know. I might be on the floor. I don't know.
1: You know? Yeah. Yeah. The theory is beautiful. The theory, the theory is beautiful. Is really the execution.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. I don't know.
1: Yeah. Because then we have all this attachment stuff. Unless one has done so much work. And even then, I don't really think anyone can be 100% secure. So it makes sense if some sort of worries come up, you know, but then, yeah, you can talk about it.
0: The theory is also beautiful because um, we all we all love differently, and, and I think um, if you have a different love language than your partner, you're putting pressure on your partner to love you in the way that you prefer and vice versa. And uh, if you have uh, multiple partners, then you're, um, you're, you're getting needs that your partner um, may not want to give you somewhere else, so you're taking the pressure off your partner in that way
2: too. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I think there's
1: lots of ways to do it. I've been thinking about relationship design as as strategies to get needs met. You know, like my last- Well, some
0: people people would say uh, you shouldn't get needs met in a relationship. Those should be fulfilled by self, which I don't know. I don't know where I stand on that.
1: Of course we have to get our needs met in relationships.
0: I mean, I agree. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I don't think that we should be needy. And I don't think that we should, compromise self or someone else but the whole part of being in a relationship is that we are we are we are uh, fulfilling each other's needs to a certain extent you know
3: Mm -hmm.
1: yeah it's 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 hopefully reciprocal you know so it's not lopsided but I think that that doesn't make no that doesn't make sense to me personally because of course we have needs and and then we get them back like that's the that's like the whole concept of nonviolent communication is we generally have conflict because we have these needs underneath what's happening, and we strategize to get those needs met differently. And we're not understanding what each other's needs are from a non-blaming way.
0: I I, I think a lot of people are um, defining needs as I need this from you, give it to me.
1: Oh, okay.
0: so then they become needy oh. or dependent. Uh-huh. And this is also where right. a codependency comes in. Um, I'm seeing it more as needs, like we have sexual needs, we have spiritual needs, we have, you know, emotional needs. I, I, I see it more like um, the human condition
3: mm-hmm.
0: and the human exchange and what we get from each other, right? Yeah. Like we we're social creatures, we're spiritual creatures, we're sexual. We have a need to be creative, you know. Mm -hmm. So fulfilling those needs, yes, of course, we can fulfill those needs, but also we get things in relationships that we can't give ourselves. And that's why we love relationships, whether it's friendship or intimate.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think there's a difference. I think you talk about this. Like it reminds me of grasping. Like there's a difference between requesting a need to be met and getting it met elsewhere or being okay with a need not getting it met. Versus mm-hmm. telling somebody they need to meet your
0: needs, demanding or hanging, you know, hanging it over someone's head, um, or you know, ultimatums, that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, like I remember in the last long-term previous relationship that I had where we lived together, I didn't realize that I was getting my needs for connection met through sex with my partner, and
2: that repulsed him. It scared him. He didn't like it. And um, wait,
0: again, what do you remember- mean? You, you were getting your needs met. But your connection through him was through sex, and he didn't not, like it?
1: Not just, yes. Not just through <laughs> sex. Yes, that happens with men. That's
0: I never heard. he you Basically, yeah, you wanted sex from him. He didn't like it. He didn't want it.
1: Yeah, because he felt like the energy. He, we didn't communicate, communicate about this until after we broke up, which I was annoyed about. But mm-hmm. basically, the energy behind me wanting to have sex. About clingy, and he had a relationship with his mom. I put this together, not him, that was very enmeshed. Mm. And so so then, was felt, it really about
0: the sex, or was it other stuff happening?
1: It was about the energy of like the closeness of like oh, okay. needing that from him, and then he felt right. like the needs reminded that felt like icky. Like, that ick response.
0: Okay. That I that could I, have been I, I something
1: that we worked through. But I see that sometimes with sex in relationships, too. Like, working with people or with friends or whatever. It's like, that energy of, like, needing it doesn't really yeah. feel sexy. It feels like there's something underneath that's not getting soothed. So then it was, like, my little girl asking for sex instead of, like, an embodied woman.
0: Did Vanessa... Does that make
1: sense?
0: Did Vanessa tell you to tell me this? This sounds like an intervention for me. Because... <laughs> This sounds, this sounds like a total <laughs> intervention um, because I'm I am like this. I am um, I, I am always I always am needing or wanting to connect sexually and then thinking, am I just really high strung? Do I have a problem? But um, and it's not just the sex. It's me wanting connection and love. But through sex. Um, a lot more than 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 you. My usually my partners, although I've also been in relationships where my my partners were just as as um, uh, wanting sex, if not more than me, and um, yeah, and so yeah, I I, I wonder if that's coming from a, a, of course a wanting to connect, but also maybe a, a needy place, uh, maybe you know, because like I feel like my it prescription
1: shaming to me when I say it.
0: yeah. So I don't know how to describe it, but maybe the prescription for me is, can I connect to my partner in ways that are also not sexual? And of course I can.
1: Yeah. Or like, how do you, what does, you know, sex give you? And can you get that? Yeah. Can you get that feeling or that experience with Vanessa in a different way or-
0: Well, sex gives me, um, uh, of course, dopamine and and oxytocin, all the chemicals, but Mm -hmm. it also, it also gives me this, when, when I'm, when I'm sexually fulfilled within any relationship, I feel invincible. I feel like I could now go out and conquer the world. Um, if I'm not getting my sexual needs, uh, um, uh, I don't want to say met, but, uh, um, if I'm not getting getting sex, then I feel clingy, needy. I turn into kind of like the, like you said, like the child that's wanting to um, yeah,
2: yeah, feel
0: yeah. attractive and wanted, desired, all that.
2: Can I respond to that? Would it be okay Are you being
0: nervous? my therapist right now? <laughs> yes. Gonna... Are you going to send me an invoice? What's going on? <laughs> I
1: mean,
2: I just wonder if, Feel like you might be getting. I'm just gonna say, it, like
1: straight up. I I wonder if you get your worth from having sex.
3: Sure. I
0: mean, I don't. I mean, I think there's a lot going on. I think uh, you know. So I was exposed to uh, pornography at an early age, like many people. You know, 10, 11. Yeah. Um, my parents gave me no emotional milk. They were always working. Um, I I seeked a, a validation approval from the older boys. Um, I chase the prettiest girl in the room because then it would make me feel more confident. So uh, I also have addiction in my blood, if you believe that, uh, meaning addiction being a gene. Uh, my dad's an alcoholic. My mom's dad's alcoholic. It's everywhere in my family. So there's that piece, right? So um, my addiction is food, you know, sex, working out. Like they're like, so yeah. if not controlled. And so I think all of that is in the pot that's stirred, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but going there. back to your question, you're saying if you're saying if I don't have sex, do I feel worth feel worth less? Yeah,
1: worthless.
0: yeah. Well, I know that if I have more sex, I have I feel more desired. I feel more attractive. I feel more. Um, I, you know what it is? If I don't have sex in my relationship, I feel rejected.
2: Hmm.
0: So I guess that is worthless, right?
2: Like when I feel rejected, I—that's the place
1: that I go to. I think is like, yeah, I feel worthless, like shame. Yeah, these huge feelings of like shame—not yeah. just I feel shame, but I am shame. I am bad. I'm not good. I'm ugly. I'm fat. I'm stupid.
0: You know what? I actually feel shame if I'm asking for too much sex. Then I feel like, oh, I'm being a pervert, or I have a problem, or I'm putting something on someone else. Um, the shame to me comes from. Judging or labeling myself because
2: I am sexual. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. You feel shame. You feel shame when you feel like you're asking for sex too much. Yes. But
1: then there's the rejection piece in there.
0: Yes, of course. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I just, I do wonder about like your inner child when that's up, you know? Like, yeah, I'm I'm
3: sure.
1: Love and soothing. Knowing that you're worthy and desirable, and like, and also
0: yeah, and of and and one could argue, <laughs> John, it doesn't have to be a sexual thing, you know, you, you can um connect uh, uh to someone in different ways and still feel desired and worthy and all that. I think I'm just used to it always being a sexual thing, and part of that is is you know, uh, just patterns and and uh, being um, a man, you know,
1: like the way yeah, that yeah, in this world for sure, and. In- least in the united states you know it's like i think most men the suicidality is so high depression is so high and i think a lot of that is because the self-worth comes from primary relationship and if you're having rejection in that area and you don't know like what your purpose is or who you are not that you don't know your purpose but like yeah there's just so much there to feel not good enough
0: there's something about also um sex and men where if they're getting it a lot, which makes them feel desired and invincible and have a cape, there's something about that where they connect that to like manhood. They connect that to, you know, being, 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 um, um, more, yeah, more of a man. Conquering? I don't know. I like wonder maybe, or,
1: yeah. maybe,
0: but it doesn't like, I mean, the sex doesn't have to be like this submissive, dominant or conquering, um, um, no, but, but just, yeah, I wonder if it's yeah. like the like a primal thing.
1: I don't know if it's primal or conditioned. For some reason, it feels <laughs> like it's conditioned. You know, like conditions. Yeah, about yeah. body, body. What is what are the kids saying these days? Like body count, body count. Like, what's your body count? And it's just so mm. personal And I think, right? Like, like, I I hear a lot of um, you know boys and young men talking about that specifically. But also, women talk about it. It doesn't just feel gendered either. It does feel like some sort of power-based way of seeing each other, of dominating each other, instead of being um, seeing sex as healing or pleasurable or Mm -hmm. not something we need to compete or
0: yeah, yeah. I definitely do think I get value, worth, um, you know, all of those things from from sex. Uh, and i do think i am uh highly highly uh, sexual uh i just i just think more than the average joe, joe or okay. john yes <laughs>
2: yeah it's um, it's a boat so it's a it's Another a bunch of
0: things <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know but what's important is that you know you're aware of um you're aware of self and uh and uh meet yourself there you know and then you decide um what you want to change and why and what works for you and what doesn't.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of us, like whether we're talking about sex and sexuality or attachment is like creating distance between um, what is happening and the I or the self, you know, like mm. you are not the challenges that you have or your attachment style, just like I'm not. Because I think if we have those two things together and become over identified, then it's hard to disentangle shame from that and actually move Mm -hmm. forward and grow. Yes.
0: Yes. Yeah. So early on, um, when I was married, um, I internalized and felt that I had a problem and that, uh, you know, I was a monster. Um, And then now I realize, um, especially after becoming a therapist and, and, and a lot of people normalizing. Uh, sexuality. I mean, it, it, you know, it's happening now in the world in general, right? Um, me being kinder to myself, uh, me seeing um, m- my relationship with sex and sexuality as um, not high strung, because I, I tend to use that word a lot, uh, but, or term, but more of, um, it's something to uh, embrace and explore, not something to uh, shame and label. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm trying to do that, you know.
2: Yeah,
1: I love that.
0: Yeah, and, and right this is like why not
1: yucking yums.
0: <laughs> not what?
1: Not yucking yums, like not yucking somebody's yum, you know.
0: Yeah, that's that's how I would describe it to m- to my daughter, <laughs> who's three and <laughs> a half. Don't yuck. <laughs> um. Yeah, and this is why I have my dream is to have a harem. No, I'm just kidding. That's yeah. a joke. Oh God, we that had was to be a
1: harem. <laughs> For so long, tired of it. I don't want to the, be a harem.
0: <laughs> the um wait, were are you serious? You were in one?
1: No, I'm just like I just think about, you know, the history of being human and how like women have maybe some of
3: them harem, but have they been yeah.
1: forced into it? And it's like, no, bro, I want like a healing, like m- like healing masculine yes. feminine kind of yes. schemas on the outside situation. so i'm
0: joking about the harem because it's extreme but the thing about the yeah. harem is is um um women being objectified right that doesn't a harem sounds like you have a stable you're objectifying women they're not yes. human that kind of thing so yeah. of course I mean, I mean i'm exaggerating
2: i just said that as a, as a, as a joke yeah, yeah, um yeah. but uh I don't know. I think that's interesting because I I think about shame again
1: and how men and women sometimes I think might do it differently. Like I think when men feel disempowered, they objectify and when women feel disempowered, they emasculate. So when you're feeling disempowered Mm -hmm. is when you feel shame and then you want to feel bigger than the other person. Yeah.
0: So give me give me some examples. So men feel disempowered and so they objectify by going and and you know what getting uh, getting together with a lot of partners and and um, or, yeah, having a, like yeah, out.
1: Like, mm-hmm, like maybe a man like just to make it more like psychodynamic i guess in a way maybe a man felt really uh controlled by his mom so mm-hmm. now he sees relationships as like women to have sex with and not get close to mm. And maybe a woman was really um, objectified by her own dad or felt like he wasn't around. And so now she like bases men, uh, judges men based on like, you know, she talks about like big dick energy and like is very objectifying towards the male form, um, but Mm. dismissive of the importance of masculinity too. um, And, and,
0: and they are also both ways to not be intimate, right? They're in a way, both ways to hide or to, um, um yeah not make eye contact and metaphorically
1: yeah totally like it's pushing away because i'm sh- ashamed i want to push you away from me because i don't believe i'm good enough to be in connection with but i'm gonna say you're the one that's fucked up.
0: so it's like someone who sleeps around a lot because he has a fear of intimacy for example
1: yeah like he's scared using
0: sex as a shield instead of a conduit yeah. into into
1: yeah, yeah totally yeah until, instead of a conduit into like deeper being known That's or women
0: saying place. um when you say big dick energy what do you mean by that
1: like i personally really hate when people talk about big dick energy because i feel like we're using Wait,
0: what is big dick energy i've never heard you that term heard before. D-
1: are you serious okay no yeah. never
0: are All you talking right, about so literally like, people who prefer big penises
1: no, or you, I'm talking go, about people who, mean? Like, who are like, that's like somebody that's confident, somebody that's like, somebody that's like on it, somebody that's like attractive or whatever, like they've got some big dick energy, you know?
0: I've never heard that term in my life. BDE. Never. It's
1: like, yeah, like hashtag I'm BDE. Oh my
0: God. I got yeah. to get with the times. <laughs> so
1: but-
0: <laughs> wait, yeah. so it's, so it, it translates yeah. as confidence? Or a false confidence. Yeah, I mean big it's, dick energy. It's people
1: saying like you don't need to uh like wear a mask, you don't need to you can just tell that they're confident because they have a big dick. But that, that Well to
0: me looks, that feels okay, so w- when you yeah. say big dick energy, to me it feels like a false confidence. To me, it feels yeah. like posturing. It doesn't yes. feel like a real confidence. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, and that makes more sense to me because I don't think that is real confidence. And why do we care about like it's just it's just this sick culture we're perpetuating mm. um, domination of each other and calling it liberation for some reason.
3: Mm. Like it's I'm somehow yeah.
1: like I'm somehow liberated in my sexuality mm-hmm. as a woman if I can say like oh yeah that guy has big dick energy or oh yeah i i fucked a thousand people or whatever. That I feel like there's way more nuance there.
2: Where we have to like really slow down and see what's actually happening underneath. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? But yeah, I think you're right. I think it's frustrating. I wonder if I have big dick energy. I definitely
0: don't have a big dick, but I don't know if I have big dick energy.
1: <laughs> uh, I don't like to use that. <laughs> <laughs> I've
0: never, I've never heard it. I've never heard you that can term. Go ask somebody. I mean, it must be Gen Z. I don't know who's making up these terms. I'm, um, yeah, I'm yeah, ready
1: for it to go away though. It's very shaming, you know, and weird.
0: Yeah, it it's also it's
1: a big dick. It's how you use it. It's how the two people are in relationships. Sure, sure, I know, and feel. so, but I,
0: yeah, but using that as kind of the um, yeah, I don't think it's, it's healthy. Weird. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> hashtag not healthy.
0: <laughs> it sells a lot of trucks.
1: It sells like with the ones with the balls on the bottom
0: on the I just Have I don't you know trucks that. raised.
1: Uh, Have
2: you seen that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, I love where this conversation went.
2: Yeah. Yes, it's pretty great. You ready I for the? want to say
0: something
1: about the nervous system, though.
0: Okay, let's do that, and then I do the three questions.
1: Okay, but my questions are not going to be cool for you. Because
0: right, why? I mean, who? I'll i decide. Don't don't right. don't All tell right. me if they're going to be All cool right, or I'll not. It doesn't matter.
1: Box. I'm sorry. I shouldn't tell you what your experience is. <laughs> Okay, so there you you keep saying high strong, and it keeps reminding me of the hyper aroused nervous system. And when we were talking about attachment, you were saying I think it's really important, to just, like to think about the nervous system. I do too. So the, there's the different states of the nervous system. And well, I'm the-
0: realizing that it's uh, I'm not high strong. It's big dick energy that I'm exuding. God damn
1: it! <laughs> sorry,
0: I'm sorry. sorry. How to put it. You were looking okay, so over,
1: it's... and I, I thought you might be thinking of a joke, getting ready to say it. Yeah. Uh,
0: okay. So the nervous system, go on.
1: Okay, nervous system. So there's different states. And I think a lot of the time when people are avoidant, they go into that collapse, shut down, the dorsal response.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where you're
1: feigning death, right? And then when mm. you're more anxious, preoccupied, or potentially disorganized, um, you're more in that high-strung, as you call it, but the hyper-aroused fight-flight stage. Like everything needs to go really fast or it's Mm -hmm. argumentative or whatever. And then when we're in the middle, we're in our window of tolerance, we feel safe, we feel social, we feel playful. Mm -hmm. I can toss a ball to you, you can toss it back. Like there's like, you know, camaraderie and collaboration. And so if we can begin to notice what nervous system state we're in, we can begin to widen our capacity to be in the window of tolerance. Mm by noticing like what our state of mind is. So if things are right. really rapid or if things are more shut down, you get to know if you're in that dorsal response or if you're in the, uh, the sympathetic and more high strung space.
0: Yeah. And so um, you really ha- need that information to, to do what is prescribed. And so um, being aware, dropping into your, I mean, this is why when people say dropping into your body, um, it's foundational because that's how you get data, how you feel. Not like what you're thinking, but how are you actually feeling, you know, as the radar? Mm -hmm. I'm
2: just dropping down. so big. Mm -hmm.
0: Speaking of dropping into your body. Okay. I just did it. Let's, uh, you go first. One question for me.
2: How are
1: you? (laughs) (laughs) Answer in a real way, though.
0: Why do you hate that question? Because you feel like it's false? Yeah, people mean usually,
1: it oh. yeah like for just walking around and people are like how are you like how am I supposed to respond to that I'm good that's not mm. true that doesn't encapsulate okay. my experience
0: all right so I'm gonna I'm gonna answer it in an honest way. Um, I am a lot of things I'm a lot of things um, um, I am uh, lately I've been uh, a bit discouraged about career where I'm at uh, I feel frustrated with a lot of things i'm also very grateful i was watching a, a documentary yesterday about um just work and what people do for work it was uh, uh narrated by hosted by obama It's a great documentary and it showed just like you know the uber eats driver and it followed um people who clean hotels and just like people making minimum wage and i was watching that and i felt so much gratitude that i'm able to do this full time without punching a clock so um how am i i i'm I'm more grounded than ever at the same time. Um, I also have uh, um, some discouragement lately with um, some projects not working out, um, but I'm hopeful and um, I don't want to say I'm good. That's what I hate was when people say I'm good. Uh, that, 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 that's it. I'm those things.
1: <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. that answer. Thank you for sharing that
0: with me. What is your greatest love lesson that you've learned?
2: so far my greatest love lesson think is to slow down mm,
0: oh in relationships and love in general
2: in relationships and yeah because uh yeah i think
1: i can yeah i can go into thinking i understand the whole thing without being yeah. curious yeah and going straight into
2: like okay i'm gonna fix it I'm gonna fix it for both of us, but that's not relational. Okay, ask <laughs>
3: like, that's me questions. enough.
2: <laughs> no more questions. Let's do one more.
3: <laughs> no. Okay. All right, all right.
2: I don't think you're gonna. You already. It was. How old are you? But you don't. You.
1: You already said, and you don't mind. Um, let me think. That was you. your question? How old yes. am I? <laughs> oh,
0: my okay. gosh. See, can no, the questions be more open-ended? <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> I, d- I know. That's what I'm saying. Because you ask questions that I don't like, and I feel like usually there's something underneath that question that's not being asked when somebody says, how old are you? Or like, uh, are you? Uh, go ahead. I see you putting your
0: name Oh, you I was thinking. Um, think of a question on the, the fly now, meaning let's uh, clear the slate and think of a question in real time.
1: That I don't want somebody to ask me or that I want to ask
0: you? No, just any kind of question you could ask me. It doesn't have to be
1: something that you don't want to answer. Any question I could ask you. It should
0: be something that you think is going to make me squirm that I don't want to answer. I mean, not to be mean, but just, you know, just so the the listeners can be interested. (laughs) All right. Because how old are you? And my response will be 50. And then, okay.
1: Yeah, no, Next question. but no, I'm just saying that was the question I had on my paper. Me but that's why I'm saying okay, yes, yes, throw your paper away.
2: All right, right. I'm I'm that's what I did. All right, all right, right. Do you think um
3: I do often. <laughs> Sorry.
2: Yeah, you do think you, you, yeah. Yeah, all, all the time. Think... Too much. <laughs> um... do you think you self soothe with sex?
0: Yes. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. 100% I do. Um, I don't know how much of that is healthy and unhealthy, though, right? Um, I think you can self-soothe with sex as long as it's um, mutual and healthy and and, uh, shared
2: and not, you know, um, put upon, pressured, you know, etc. Do you know where that comes from?
0: man I don't I don't know. Um, you know, I think there's layers, so yes, the surface is just kind of um um you know, being exposed to i don't I don't know if that's true, but I'm being exposed to sex and porn at an early age, stuff like that um and then on on a deeper level, I'm sure it has to do with attachment
2: um um feeling more desired or attractive um i'm sure it
0: has to do with numbing me i don't know you know all these different layers
2: can i ask you one more
1: question okay where do you feel when you feel that you're really
2: worthy and desirable where do you feel that how do you experience it uh in in real uh, you know what it's um it's going to be relationship career is where i feel
0: how do you think? Oh, uh, kneecaps? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding.
1: Eyelashes.
0: Um, Eyelashes. Uh, earlobes. Where do I feel it in my body when I feel des- yeah, des- desired? Just bring so up,
1: like, bring, or like worthy. Feel like
2: when you felt like so worthy, how did you experience it? Is that sound of rain coming from your place or mine? That's yours. Yeah. Oh, really that must beautiful. be okay. Um, I think
0: uh, heart. So I don't know. I don't know where I feel it. I feel. I, I know that um, when I'm having a lot of sex, that's mutual and not not like me taking, but it's uh, regular and all different types of sex. I, and then because the, I think I also put too much weight on sex as connection, instead of looking for other things and giving other things value like mm-hmm. intimate conversations and touch and sharing a meal and laughter. And there's so many other ways to connect. And I know this, and I think I just put too much weight on just, you know, the, the, the sex piece.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Anyway, yeah, I, I don't so think I answered your question, but feel, I, I don't know where, you, I don't know you where, don't where want I feel,
1: to feel into being worthy right
0: now. <laughs> no, I don't know That's where I I'm feel. Getting. it. <laughs>
1: okay.
0: Uh, okay. Last question for you. Um, what do you know about yourself today that you didn't know? just a year ago?
1: One year ago.
0: I mean, it doesn't um, have to be a, exactly a year, but just yeah, what yeah. do you know about yourself today that you didn't know I recently? I
1: didn't know that I defended from connection so fiercely
2: thinking that I was trying mm.
0: to connect. And how were you doing that?
2: How um, I would think I was being vulnerable and mm like with tiny things and then thought I
1: was more vulnerable than I really was. And then would shut down and turn away mm. instead of sharing, Hey, that was really vulnerable for me to share. And I want to be in connection with you
3: mm. and being
2: actually like able to have repair. I'd start to think they just can't hold. Me.
0: Yeah. I love the, um, um, I think it's real powerful. The term rupture and repair, Yeah, you know, you know, I, I, I it's visual. Yeah. I really like it. I do too. Tawny. Tawny John. Lyons, correct? Yes. Tawny Lyons. <laughs> My Lyons.
1: last name? I, yes, John, I mean... It's Tawny Lyons. It's okay. uh,
0: I I see your last name, but I don't think I've ever said it out loud.
1: Okay,
0: So, yes. It's like uh, the animal. Where can we find you?
1: Well, you can find me on Instagram, Tawny Lyons. You can find me at tawnylyons.com. And also, I'm teaching... A class next, I don't know. When will this be out? I don't know. Okay. Whenever,
0: whenever. Whenever. A few weeks. Right,
1: well, okay, never mind. Sometimes I teach classes. <laughs> <But> <laughs> next week I'm doing one. With, on this Vanessa will not be on next week. Yeah, okay, that's very soon. Yeah.
0: Tawny um, guest teaches um, on Vanessa and Danae's platform uh, in their circle is what you're saying. And so your circle. first one is, yeah, your first one will already have happened by the time this episode comes out. Um, but um, That's the right yeah, follow start. her. Thank you. She talks a lot uh, about um, attachment styles, but also tons of other stuff. And uh, I think you're a rock star. And um, thank you for this. Uh, this wasn't a conversation. This felt like a session.
1: <laughs> I really enjoyed this conversation.
3: And I Yeah, I, like it.
0: I really liked it. I really liked it. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Be well.